Welcome everyone to Horns Up and today we are talking Death, one of the most influential metal bands of all time and personally one of my eternal favorites. Really excited to have Blaine Smith, comic, metal nerd, an extremely infectious, entertaining, energetic man. Oh, I thank Blaine. you. Very kind. <laughs> is that all a getup or is there a difference between on-camera and off-camera, Blaine? Uh, off-camera, I'm even less serious. <laughs> 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 off-camera, I don't have to at any point seem like a, a professional, uh, <laughs> so I can really just go ham. <laughs> awesome, yeah. awesome. Okay. You know, at, at, at this point, I must add, I mean, like, uh, considering how big a fan of death uh, animations, we've been looking forward to doing this episode. And, you know, since it's uh, the birth month of uh, Chuck, we had to kind of take the opportunity to do this episode. Yeah, I mean, you know, hey, he is uh, he's one of just the all time greats in like every respect, you know, created great music, like pioneered great music, was just such an interesting, unique guy, like really singular. Uh, and then just also luckily, because, you know, in metal, sometimes it's not the case. What seemed like, uh, by all accounts, a really good guy, too, <laughs> which is very <laughs> yeah. thankful when you're like, I love this band. What? And he's not a jerk. That's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, no weird controversies either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, before we get talking to that, I'd like to just quickly go around and ask the room, uh, what was your first exposure to death as such? Peter? Uh, so, I, I, I mean, now at this point, anyone who's listening to the podcast uh, will keep hearing me repeating this, but that was one of those bands I got into like much later and primarily because... Uh, a lot of people started talking about it. It became like one of those bands that, hey, you haven't heard it as yet. Or uh, I think it was somewhere when I was living in the Middle East, someone had, you know, you, the time that you made those uh, burnt CDs, you burnt all those MP3s <laughs> yeah. and stuff. So it was on one of those. And, you know, the thing with Death is, right, is, I mean, this is obviously said a lot about them, is each album is so unique. It's like a separate subgenre of metal itself, right? So it depends which one you kind of got first that you're like, okay. And then you heard the next one and you're like, wait, is this the same death I heard? So yeah, man. Uh, what about you, Blaine? Uh, well, for me, again, it's a, they, they are kind of that band where it's like, uh, they're not going to be the first death metal band you hear. Like it's kind of like, it's, it's almost like you've graduated to being like a real death metal fan when you finally start listening to, to death. Uh, for me, I definitely like listen to scream bloody gore first because it just, it seems the most death metal, you know, the cover is like a, a lot more of a classic death metal cover. It's not as introspective and you go like, Oh, this is really cool. But like, it's so weird to listen to that record first and then not realize that like you get to go on this fantastic journey through this really cool band that where you're like, you, you listen to Scream Bloody Gore first and you're like, okay, cool. Nice. Yeah. Proto straight ahead death metal band. Cool. Yeah. Not, not, not throwing any curveballs my way. I can see where this is going. And then you listen three albums later and you're like, oh, never mind. I had no idea where this was going. <laughs> yeah. For me too. I mean, uh, uh, my first exposure to them was thankfully to a burn CD, but I, it wasn't only audio. I actually managed to get a clip from uh, the live in Eindhoven before they were officially released as Vivus, etc. 
and oh my god i won't reveal the song at the moment because it'll come up in our discussion eventually but i fell in love with uh, chuck and i fell in love with the band and yeah life was never the same again wow yeah okay so this time we are talking death and we're doing it versus style uh, first time ever we are pitting three albums against one another we are really taking the ante and upping it the ante has been upped as such uh, just a quick recap in versus we try and objectively come up with an answer to which album is better and to expand the scope of albums i've been a little bit sneaky i've considered a japanese edition for one of the albums just to make sure that all the tracks uh, the number of tracks across albums are the same so drum roll please it's going to be human versus symbolic versus the sound of perseverance <laughs> before we officially begin here's a bit about all three albums human human that's the fourth studio album released 22nd october 1991 has nine songs if you listen to the japanese edition because it includes a bonus track a cover of god of thunder by kiss this edition clocks in at around 38 minutes 21 seconds features one of the greatest lineups from metal history as such with paul masvidal sean reinhardt and steve digorgio joining chuck symbolic is the sixth studio album released on 21st march 1995 by roadrunner nine songs clocking in at just a shade over 50 minutes has the most underrated death lineup in my opinion with uh, bobby colbel kelly conian and gene hoglin joining chuck and the sound of perseverance it's the seventh and final studio album released on 31st august 1998 by nuclear blast nine songs including a cover of Judas Priest's Painkiller make it to the album itself and uh, it's that's longest album at around 56 minutes and 17 seconds features Richard Christie on drums Shannon Ham and Scott Clendenin joining Chuck and as Peter mentioned before three albums three different lineups three different music styles i'm excited are you guys excited to begin versus absolutely yeah let's do this man <laughs> All right so up first it's track number 1 flattening of emotions versus symbolic versus scavenger of human sorrow peter start the show okay. all right so you know uh, just to put this in i really like uh, flattening because you know when you look at it in the discography wise it's a shift in the sound so it's a good opening track uh, but then you have when you compare it to symbolic which has both you know the primal elements of death as well as the progressive elements and you know they, they, there's a solo that comes in the middle and then you have the bridge where the lyrics go savor what you feel and what you see things that may not seem now but may be tomorrow and when i was reading that and considering the situation you're in you're like wow this, this is a bit like surreal right yeah. and then you know you've got scavenger which is completely different it's a far more progressive track and from an opening track perspective it's a good kind of indication of what you're getting on the rest of the album but okay i've talked enough for me when i have to look at it uh, it was a toss up between symbolic and flattening of the emotion and i went with symbolic just because primarily of that solo man i mean for me that's like sticks in your head you remember it much later so yeah my pick is symbolic okay um all right let me take this one at the moment 
uh, flatting of emotions, it plays the role of the opener well enough. It's got really memorable riffs in the middle of the song, but that's about it. Symbolic, I immediately noticed that Death has grown up and because uh, Death was one of the first bands that I was listening to while also trying to learn how to play the bass and the guitar, I love that. I love what I call the tarantula riff, which is the one that hits up from the chorus, the that part. And that second solo, that entire section is so bloody danceable. But Scavenger, uh, the moment that song starts, A, I can't believe it's death because so much bloody going on. Uh, The very first line kind of sums up this entire album or this entire song for me, which is, what pain will it take to satisfy your sick appetite? It's almost as if Chuck is telling you guys, look at me, I'm doing so much. (laughs) What it's going to take to satisfy your sick appetite? It's it's fast, it's techy, it's got weird time signatures happening, it's jazzy in parts. It really doesn't let up. And to me, it's the most interesting opener of the three. So... For me, it's a scavenger of human sorrow. That's the pick. What about you, Blaine? Oh, well, this is already getting off to an interesting start because uh, if uh, I, I, you know, I reviewed uh, Death's Human for like a throwback review on Banger and uh, Flattening of Emotion, I think, is like a pretty perfect opening track because part of my, the, just the nature of my job, the amount of times I just listen to an album like eight mm-hmm. times on loop uh, can it like really starts to numb you out. So I love when an album, I I don't like opening tracks because I think it's like a weird cop out. I feel like you should be find a way to open a song with a way that sounds like it opens an album. And I think flattening of emotion does that perfectly. The gallop coming in is just the album like running at you. Like I can like picture like an album just like with little feet like running at me to start this off. And it really lets you know the album starting in a cool way that blends into the song. Um, and then I think it's just like a stacking of great riffs, just just back to back, just like being like, hey, we don't even need to spend too long with any of these riffs. Like I got these for days. Like I just got pockets full of riffs. I can just blast them out. Here it changed, blast them out, just keep throwing them out. Um, And there's like a a constant like stepping up sound to the riff, to the riffing on the song, which, uh, which I think really is just a great way to start an album. Symbolic is another great track, but I think it does, it could it could appear in the middle of an album and it wouldn't sound weird is kind of the reason I go with flattening of emotion because it really sounds like an album starting where a symbolics like, Hey, here's just a great song. And you're like, okay. Um, but it, you know, there's an advantage to starting an album with a shorter kind of concise song where you're like, here's what here's, here's how this album's starting, bang it out. And then you're hyped and you're like, oh, next song, let's go. Whereas Symbolics, you know, it's that more kind of stretched out and it's not really how I would start an uh, album. And then uh, with Scavenger of Human Sorrow, I feel like they're really comparable songs to Flattening of Emotion, but it kind of, like they both have a similar kind of drum sound to the start, Mm -hmm. you know, but with Scavenger of Human Sorrow, I feel like it's, it's like a more, but it doesn't do more. Whereas like just okay. that simple gallop on flattening of emotion is like so intense to me and gets me so excited. Whereas scavenger of human sorrow. Yeah. It feels a little bit more like someone showing off for like, look what I can do. Not like, look how this sounds. And this is the least 
fitting, I think, vocal performance of Chuck. It's not that it's bad. It's just that it's weird that this is where he ends up based on what his lyrical content is at the end. Whereas this kind of like goblin vocal, I feel, would make so much sense on Scream Bloody Gore. But here it's like now he's like totally introspective and talking about, you know, humanity. But he's like, <laughs> you know, where you're kind of expecting the cover of uh, of Scream Bloody Gore to sound like that more than kind of the, where we're at here. Okay. Wow. Yes, certainly interesting start because we've got points across the board for all three albums. <laughs> and this and is going to be fun. Yeah, this is seriously <laughs> going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay, so let's move on to tracks number two. Uh, Suicide Machine versus Zero Tolerance versus Bite the Pain. Blaney, you want to kick this one off? All right. Um, so uh, this is an important. This is where I have to mention it because you mentioned that the um, that we're doing the version with uh, God of Thunder. And yeah. luckily, if you if someone is listening to this and wants to find the version of with God of Thunder on it, they're probably going to wind up downloading the 2011 remix. Which yeah. I think you have to like. If you have like, I have the original vinyl, but I never listened to it because there's no point because the 2011 remix is like it just makes the album the way it should sound because you can hear the Absolutely. bass uh, <laughs> the bass is there they 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 were like oh yeah there's a bass guitar on this album that's doing really cool stuff we should probably make it so people can hear that um and so suicide machine i think is one of an example of just bass i really love cuz it's mm -hmm. techy but it's so aggressive it's got that aggressive slappy sound that especially comes through on suicide machine um and just like you know, just uh, bass is one of those hard things to do to make it stand out. And having the way bass sounds on this track is like a really good way to say like, hey, I'm here. I'm not just a <laughs> a one tone guitar player and <laughs> I can add some interesting texture to this album. Um, that being said, uh, uh, zero tolerance. I think I'm, I'm conceding to zero tolerance because while I humans, my favorite death album, zero tolerance is just like the, just the peak of kind of cool guitar work at all times. Just like, Hey, you want some cool stuff going in guitars? Boom. Just like to the point where you have a hard time explaining it. You're just like, this part sounds cool. Cause it's just sounds so cool. man. <laughs> it just nailed that cool sound. Um, and uh, it's just fun. It's just super fun. Uh, the normally um, Sean's drum performances steal the show for me, but the the bell, uh, the ride yeah. bell hits on this is like a really cool detail that pops out to you. And um, bite the pain. Uh, I know they're from Florida, but even even by Florida standards, bite the pain sounds like. It, 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 it doesn't sound right. You know what I mean? Like, I know people in Florida speak English as their second language and their first language is nothing. Uh, <laughs> just grunts. <laughs> but it's a very <laughs> ESL title. It's like punch the victory. You're like, that's not quite right. It doesn't sound quite right. Um, this is the this is kind of the opposite to Suicide Machine, where I find when things get too techy, the bass sound really suffers because mm. they want to make the bass stand out because the bass is doing all this interesting thing. But the way they make the bass stand out at all times is to make it sound like a fart. Uh, <laughs> it just has like a really farty sound that okay. um, 
And then the weird, I, I'm already having a bit of trouble. I already have a bit of trouble with Chuck's vocals style on this. And then they start throwing weird effects on it at all times. And I'm like, what happened? <laughs> why, why is it a time when he's the most introspective, the time when he's making it the hardest to listen to him <laughs> and understand what he's saying? So for me, it's uh, zero tolerance I'm going with on this one. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Um, well, zero tolerance to me, um, I, I liken it to Suicide Machine in terms of structure. Pretty much a similar idea of an intro. Um, this song could have been on Human too because it kind of echoes back to a classic, uh, more, more classical death sound as such. Um, but I completely agree with you that that second solo section with that dive bomb and the tweet, 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 tweet. Yeah, that part, like, completely memorable. Uh, bite the pain. Weird. I I like the melodic intro. I think this could have been on Symbolic uh, because it kind of echoes back to that album a lot. So yep. many changes happening in the song. Everything blending supremely. Uh, still wondering what the hell is happening uh, after Scavenger of Human Sorrow if you're listening to this album for the first time. But I don't quite remember it as well as Suicide Machine. Suicide Machine for me that opening riff, in fact, all those riffs, it's an instant classic. It's one song that translates to later era death too. It was uh, one of the gig favorites. Uh, it has that first hint of studio experimentation with the vocal samples, etc., being added in. That solo section is bloody fucking fantastic. And who can't do anything else apart from uh, sing along when Chuck goes, Suicide machine. <laughs> so for me, definitely this one's this one actually uh, it was a toss up between Suicide Machine and Zero Tolerance, but uh, I'll give it to Suicide Machine. Peter, <laughs> so you already probably caught me smiling, and that's the reason <laughs> because for me it was a toss up between Suicide Machine and Bite the Pain. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, right? Is uh, and okay, I think I'll I'll make the point after this. Uh, I finish this one, but you know, for me, the memorable parts in Suicide Machine are you know the riff that comes uh, a minute into the track. Again, the riffs that come in uh, two and a half minutes, just after two and a half minutes into the track. And for me, those are the things. Like I prefer. I'm I'm not like musically inclined, right? But it's these shorter tracks and riffs like this. Just, you keep wanting to listen back to. And one thing I really like about Human is while it's technical, there's still, you know, that raw energy in there. It's it's not like, like it's not, if you compare it to what death metal has become now, technical death metal, it's like sterile and stuff. Mm. These are, and this is the kind of reference that they had and it started out with, right? So yeah, uh, Suicide Machine is my pick primarily just for that energy and, you know, I, 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 the way I've described it is the sticky riffs, man. I mean, like, you listen to that and you noticeably know, yeah, it's a death. They kind of made uh, that. So when you see the evolution of the band, these are those tracks that really there. So, yeah, okay. we have our first. <laughs> yeah, we have a first proper major, um, uh, majority decision as such. Anyways, uh, let's move on to tracks number three. It's Together as One from Human versus... Uh, empty words from Symbolic versus Spirit Crusher from The Sound of Perseverance. And I'd like to start this one off because you remember that uh, 
first video that I was talking about right at the beginning as my first exposure to death, yeah. it was Spirit Crusher. It's the first song I ever heard from the Live in Eindhoven series. And yeah, as I said, I fell in love with Chuck and I fell in love with what was going on with the bass and the drums. There's so many little nuances. If I could critique it, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd just say that by now you're kind of getting used to this style of songwriting, which is basically take that first half of the song, add a bridge and then repeat this, <laughs> repeat that entire part again. But, uh, oh my God, Spirit Crusher, that track opened uh, the floodgates of death to me. So already before even getting into the other tracks, I'm going to go with Spirit Crusher as my pick on this one. But uh, still, let me do justice to the other uh, others as well. Together as one, I think it's kind of meat and potatoes. It's it's To me, it's the best song to windmill to because it's got that fantastic uh, headbanging tempo to it. Uh, but it doesn't live up to Suicide Machine as such because it kind of follows the same formula as Suicide Machine too. So listening to them back to back, doesn't really work for me. Um, Empty Words is one of my favorite tracks from Symbolic because I love that intro. It sounds bone chilling. It's also so melodic at the same time. Um, it's got a really memorable chorus and after chorus section. And I really enjoy that iconic guitar me melody that comes in. And I have to tell you guys this, um, immediately after watching that death video on our national radio station, which isn't really something that um, propagates English music as such. You had this one RJ uh, who would have a late night Friday show. And surprisingly on that week, within the same week of me watching Spirit Crusher, the RJ ha decided to do a one hour death special. And for some reason I decided to tune in. And I remember the first song he started off with was Empty Words. And I still remember because like, luckily I had my tape deck with me and I was recording <laughs> everything and I still have that tape with me. And that uh, uh, guitar melody led into his first ankle link of sorts. Oh yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I think I've <laughs> run that tape by listening to it so many times. So all songs special, but Spirit Crusher just a bit more special. So yeah, for me, it's Spirit Crusher. Wow, that was a long rant. <laughs> Sorry for that, but I'm indulging myself. Blame for you. That ra that radio th you mentioning the radio station really like warms my heart. It, we have this um, in Toronto. We have this like uh, independent like college radio station called CIUT, uh, which is really cool because it's like every hour block is like different programming. So okay. uh, they 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 don't really have a metal show anymore. I don't think they used to. That was really good. Satan takes a holiday. It used to be there. I used to listen yeah, yeah, to yeah. yeah, yeah, yes, yes, um, uh, and. It's such a cool radio station because you got exposed to so much music because it would go like punk, uh, reggae, dance hall, soca, uh, uh, bangra, you know, like just like all like hour slots back to back, like no, no rhyme or reason to it, just chaos. And it was just it, I, I got exposed to a lot of cool music because of because of stuff like that and like genres that I wouldn't normally listen to. Um, yeah. So for me, um, 
together as one and empty word. I so you guys like uh, you guys like uh, uh, the sound of perseverance a lot more than I do. So <laughs> I hope <laughs> like we're it. friends after this. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about Peter, but yeah. <laughs> so uh, together as one again is just like a yeah. It's a really great death metal track, but it's like a really great death metal track from most bands, but from mm-hmm. death, it's like. Okay, but like your death, like this is this is your baseline. This is what this is what you can just like kind of just throw out uh, at, at a moment's notice. So uh, empty words, I feel like kind of just normally I'm like I I'm kind of more about a lot of and through this I'll be a lot more about the conciseness of and 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 straightforwardness of human but here is like track three it's like yeah you can let loose a little bit you can kind of expand and i think empty words does a good idea because a good thing of like at 410 which is where together as one ends like they've both kind of accomplished the same thing and then you get like an extra like minute of empty words that they kind of use and you're like you get more of a song that kind of more sticks out in your head whereas yeah together as one is kind of just following suicide machine which is not an enviable task um and then spirit crusher is again that bass tone boy it really (laughs) is all over that song and i feel like the issue i have here is that um it's 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 it sounds the least organic the whole album sounds the Mm. least organic out of any death album it sounds like this was recorded in a studio whereas like the other death albums you're like was this recorded in a studio or was this recorded in a temple i don't know you know like was this recorded in a cave was this where are you recording this it sounds like really cohesive and and especially the, the 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 remix um uh and there's and i feel like again this is like a if if it wasn't for Chuck's untimely passing, this might have been like a transitional album for them because there's parts that I find like don't quite stick together yet. Like mm-hmm. there's that part in it that sounds like Black Sabbath Iron Man. And, yeah. and I don't feel like the transition to that is as smooth where you're like, wait a minute, is this, are they just, <laughs> is that Iron Man? Um so uh yeah i feel like i feel like it's the it's the middle ground before them kind of finally figuring out how to glue all those together in an album we sadly didn't get so for me i'm gonna go empty words all right okay Peter. and we spent a lot of time on this and uh, i think blaine's kind of got the hint where we're going at least on this track but i go for spirit crusher and uh, whoa really yeah and what one for me like even though like Overall, you'll see a pattern in my picks. But for me, this track, you know, really stood out again. You talked about the bass line, the guitar work. As a listener, I was like, okay, what's coming next? Because by the third track, you're like, okay, these guys are like kind of doing something different on there. And again, when I stopped listening, when the track ended, I was like, okay, let me go listen back again. I want to figure out like what these guys are up to. So yeah, Spirit Crusher. But you know what? At this point, I just want to take a small aside because Animesh and I were watching uh, Death by Metal, right? Uh, and there was the which were the tracks yeah. that they were discussing where it was actually supposed to be uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so uh, sidebar, complete sidebar here. <laughs> uh, the Sound of Perseverance as such was the most phoned-in album of sorts as such that Dead did because apparently the documentary revealed that uh, almost five tracks from The Sound of Perseverance were originally written as controlled denied songs. 
and they were just re-recorded with uh, heavier guitars, crunchier guitars, and Chuck deciding to scream or whatever that new vocal style of sorts yeah. rather than sing cleanly. Yeah, I don't quite remember all the five songs, but, but uh, it, Spirit Crusher definitely was one of them. Yeah, and that's why, I mean, that's exactly what Blaine was talking about. Like, you feel that this is like a studio effort uh, more than anything. Yeah, else. but then if you listen to Spirit, like, uh, again, because of the remasters, you you got to listen to all those demos, etc. And um, Spirit Crusher with clean vocals just doesn't sound good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So they made a good choice. <laughs> I guess. I guess. <laughs> All right. Cool. So we are wrapping up track threes. Let's move on to track fours. It's the battle of the tracks that begin with the letter S. <laughs> <laughs> Secret face versus sacred serenity versus story to tell. Blaine, start start this one off for us. Okay. It's uh, yeah. This it's funny that like when I because I've never really done this with an album like compared track to track because I'm not really a track guy at all. I'm like a yeah. uh, album to album, album you yeah. know. <laughs> and uh, and so like if I was doing this show, it would be like, oh, you rank the best to worst songs, and then you compare like the best songs. So the, it's but it, doing it this way kind of makes you notice all these like interesting things. Where you're like, wait a minute, the fourth songs all start with S's. <laughs> and and then they both have like, uh, or secret, uh, secret face and sacred serenity, especially both have like a weird bass kind of like freak out yeah. kind of vibe to them with the with the with the bass sounds uh, um, at the start of sacred serenity, and then um, uh, going on behind the main riff and secret face, um, uh, and then they they also have that tempo variety that's starting to yep. creep in where it's starting to be like okay well now we're experimenting with slow slower and fast um uh for me sacred secret phase and sacred serenity are really close um i do re i really like the almost like classic rocky part in sacred serenity in the middle mm -hmm. um uh the thing that really puts secret face uh ahead for me is that um uh th there's like a weird new metally part with Kelly's bass in it. Uh, and uh, I mean, this is Secret Face is one of those examples of Sean just like really playing the drums in a way that makes you feel like this is an instrument that's like a guitar where you can play it with passion and intensity as opposed to like mechanical precision. Um, or sometimes I feel like bass and, and guitar and drums are different, whereas like bass and drums are an art and uh, or bass and guitar is an art and drums are like a trade where it's like one's painting, one's like cabinet making. <laughs> like you can do it right and wrong. <laughs> um, but, you know, Sean's drumming on Secret Face is so cool. Um, and then the story to tell is kind of like, Again, it's weird. It's that it's that kind of disjointed feel where it's almost like a power metal song. <laughs> you know, like it sounds like a power metal song. Um, but it, it's just a little overly long and then it alternates between like you being like, when's something going to happen? And then you're like, okay, too much is happening. Slow, space, slow down. You guys are going crazy. So uh, for me, I think just really Sean's drum performance on Secret Face caused it to really kind of stand out to me. Okay, Peter. I'm going to go for Secret Face. <laughs> and, and this is will actually kind of come surprise. But it's exactly what uh, Blaine was talking about is a lot of the tracks when I was listening to them, right? And probably it's in the mood I'm in right now or what. 
but when you're listening to these longer tracks and when you compare them track to track right you just feel that hey this is the same band that did the same thing in like 4 minutes and packed in all those riffs got you like yeah. going and now is doing it in way longer like it, it literally is at some point a story to tell is like two or three songs possibly <laughs> the way they kind of got it uh, but like when i i'm one of the people who kind of go into the lyrics and stuff like that and uh, a lot of like chuck talks about introspection and things and if you think about it like secret face is talking about like people having masks and him having like trust issues and he made it metal <laughs> like he yeah. like actually right. working yeah so i i go for secret face what mm. about you animesh <laughs> interesting interesting okay so definitely the one that i that that i this this was actually a tough contest for me uh, but only between secret face and sacred serenity because story to tell is the first track on tsop which uh, just helps me relax it's very unremarkable because i start and it helps me relax because then i start thinking about other things Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's very unremarkable as a death fan i expect a lot more from the band at this point uh, don't get me wrong it's a solid track as such but it's a huge b plus or maybe even a c from death for this album sacred serenity i love the bass and drum intro uh, it's unexpectedly good and again that quietish melody and that impeccable drum work and stick work is 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 beautiful but secret face uh that the that melodic solo just before the actual solo begins that to me is the highlight of that song but what's really most memorable is that entire bridge section and tying in with what peter mentioned about the lyrics and what blaine mentioned about the drum work etc it has to be secret face for me so finally on track 4 all three of us actually hey, consensus yay <laughs> Well, the next one, the next one is going to be pretty interesting because it's track five, and it's uh, lack of comprehension versus a one thousand eyes versus flesh and the power it holds. Peter, start. Okay, now for me, at this point, I'm really like, okay, guys, what's going on on TSOP, right? <laughs> These guys, I'm like, all right, and, and and when you're listening to them back to back or even in an album, you're just like. alright like calm guys calm down so for me it was between lack of comprehension and uh, a thousand eyes uh lack of comprehension is one of the highlights of human really i mean you know the memorable guitar riffs so like it kind of edges out a thousand eyes for me like okay. you want to take that yeah i mean uh lack of comprehension i think is one of the standout songs in deaths catalog of like the whole thing uh not just the album i mean it it almost has like a bad intro for the best reason where it's like the intro yeah. you're like what is the point of this what's going on and you're about to be like come on get to something and then it gets to like one of the sickest riffs that chuck ever wrote and you're like just the contrast of going from like eh, it makes it so cool and such an exciting song where you're like what's happening is this album going to get weird and start sucking and then it's like no this is the best the album gets <laughs> this is the this is like one of the peaks and just yeah just the just the like again just the riff that's just so amazing and uh Sean behind the riff that's like phenomenal like drumming with a way that keeps you 
paying attention to the drums, even though like this just perfect riff is going on. Um, the, again, that aggressive bass tone out of Steve. Um, and, uh, and then just all that three minutes and 43 seconds. And then they just stop. <laughs> and, it's just, and you're like, what? The? And it's just one of those like perfect, like I have to hit, like I have to play this song again, but then you get that intro and you're like, and then it's like, and you're like your anticipation's built again. I feel like they meant for you to listen to this track like twice while going through the album. And that intro is like to like build the anticipation that they totally like just a total payoff. Uh, a thousand eyes is like an amazing song that just has the misfortune of having to be at the same point as lack of comprehension. Um, just, uh, Again, great drum performance, just not a Sean great drum performance from Gene. Um, and like, you know, it, one of them just ends and you're like, I need to listen to it again. And then A Thousand Eyes kind of just fades away. And they had that kind of weird decision to have the bass drum, everything fade away, but the bass drum still going, which almost like makes it seem like it's a drum machine. Like yeah. <laughs> you can hear that it's not, but it's just weird to have that where it's like, it's almost like a techno song where that's just, they just turned that on and then it just, everything else fades away because they've been playing that, but then the, the drum machine still keeps going. And then Flesh and the Power It Holds just has the disadvantage of, of going against two very good songs and not being a very compelling song. <laughs> just, just a weird eight and a half minute meandering strangeness. There's yeah. that, the, the solo with like minimal accompaniment it almost like it almost sounds like one of those shred videos. It almost sounds like someone like <laughs> making fun of death, but it's still death, so you can only make fun of them so much and have it still sound like them. So it still sounds all right, but it's just like you're like, what, 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 what happened here? Why is there no other instruments playing for what is not a, an amazing Chuck solo? Hmm. I completely agree with you. Flesh and the power it holds. Um. I'm so used to the songwriting structure by now. I'm used to the patterns. I'm expecting them yeah. to repeat the entire uh, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, whatever that formula is. So yeah, it's not that. It's just pretty much scavenger part two for me. Um, now it gets a bit meandering at times. One thousand eyes. I mean, if you take that verse section and you slow it down and slightly groove it up a bit, boom, you have some fine power metal. Right? Yeah, totally. That just, it sounds so uplifting. It's weird. Yeah, it is. It's depth, but you're like, I can take on the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess. I mean, uh, it's weird to say this, but uh, uh, I guess death kind of sums it up at the end when they declare themselves to be enslaved now. Uh, <laughs> that's the last lyric of the song. We yeah. <laughs> are enslaved now. But yeah, um, great song. Great song. But lack of comprehension, oh my god, it's an iconic intro, even though you're wondering why the fuck it's there. Yeah. And it, then it just goes into that explosive riffs, and it's riffs after riffs after riffs. I love the bridge just before the second verse. It's the shortest song and the uh it's the shortest song on the album, as Blaine mentioned, but it's the one that packs the most punch, it deserves the most repeats. And it's also Death's first ever music video. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure um uh, well, all of me, I, I, I'm not pretty sure, actually. Let me tell you my story. Um, in India, we used to get headbangers ball only for maybe, we got it only for maybe three or four months. And 
we used to get it at Friday nights late at 12 a.m. at midnight. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, whatever, heavy metal. Yeah, you have to wait until all the everybody goes to bed for you to slide exactly. that on and not have yeah. an angry yeah. parent call. Yeah. Yeah. So it used to be like, I, I think they played uh, Lack of Comprehension on the very first episode. And I was overbold with joy because I was like, holy shit, yes, this is Headbangers Ball. Yeah. Yeah, so completely uh, lack of comprehension for me, and that makes it uh, the second track on which all of us agree on. Actually, yeah, I would be really surprised if somebody didn't pick lack of comprehension on this one. I mean, it's it's wild. I mean, it's such a it's it's like one of the top five death songs. I would think of any of their songs, really. Yeah, like, but, yeah. But wait, if, if you allow me to just go on a tangent here, can um, you imagine playing uh, the track, which is sorry, yeah. Flesh in the power it holds, considering how it is. Can you imagine playing it to like one of those progressive fans of today with like Dream Theater or something like that? And they'd be like, oh my God, like, like some of the tracks, that's what I feel, right? Well, that's, I mean, sorry, Bing, go ahead. One of my favorite things is if you, out of all the death albums, if you look at the like user reviews of this album, it's so funny because it's either like, 10 out of 10 or like 4%. <laughs> there's like a bunch of like 4%, 4 and 8% on Metal Archive. But then there's a bunch of 100%. And it's so weird to just see that like, you can clearly tell the two different types of people where you're just like, what there's, if like, I don't know. I just think if you, if you like to party, you're gonna, you're gonna put on lack of comprehension. If you like to stay home and get really good at your instrument, past the point that you need to be, then probably you're going to put on flesh in the parrot holes where you're like, wow, you're so amazing at that instrument. You can play anything you want. You're like, no, I got to get better. And you're like, why? Oh, it's because there's something wrong with me. (laughs) Yeah, I completely agree. I think it also has to do with uh, when you kind of get into death and get into metal. I mean, at some point in time, it's all about building uh, your exposure and at that at what tends to happen is at that time you tend to think that technicality is or you tend to uh, value technicality over actual yeah. songwriting but once you're past that hump and you realize it's all about you know you don't have to impress anyone by liking music or anything of that sort and you understand yeah. the value of songs that's when you kind of the <laughs> tilt happens anyways let's move on to track number six uh, this is see-through dreams from human versus without judgment from symbolic versus voice of the soul from the sound of perseverance. Um, I'm, I'm going to start this one off. See-through dreams, it's not unique enough for me. The highlight for me is probably the scream sample at the end. And that's all I'm going to say about <laughs> that. Without judgment, it feels disjointed almost. It lacks flow between the sections. Um, that middle section, which is led only by guitars, it suddenly comes out of nose, nowhere and it goes away, but doesn't really, I feel like whenever I'm listening to the album, I, this is the only part of the album that I, uh, almost question myself that, okay, is it time to press fast forward or skip over here? Uh, voice of the soul. Wow. I mean, um, it's for me. It's the best song to force on to non-metalheads who only think metal is rah 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 rah. It's lack of a better word. Uh, lack of a better word. It's soulful as fuck. And I don't know what they were tripping on while making this one, but they nailed 
this is the best interpretation of a song title with to a song it it i don't know yeah it is it is voice of the soul for me on this one peter so i had the split between uh, see through dreams and voice of the soul and i was like okay this this is kind of like at two ends of the spectrum mm. uh and probably maybe like you catch me on another day uh, and we'd have a similar debate or album debate and i might uh, do uh, pick something else but uh, today it's voice of the soul just because of the way i feel and you know it just hits you at that right time and i guess that's uh, like anamesh said also earlier about you know when you discover uh, the album uh, or the song itself uh, for me today just voice of the soul hit the spot and it's just like refreshing it comes at a time where and it's a shorter song i mean can you imagine them just going on for like 5 or 8 minutes already it just yeah. be like okay guys so it comes in concise and for me at that this point also i kind of wonder that you know here you write these nice soulful three odd minute songs but you went on like 8 minutes like <laughs> <laughs> yeah so boy voice of the soul for me okay so uh, i wrote i wrote this i wrote a joke before i knew you guys were going to pick voice of the soul so don't take it personally <laughs> so see through dreams i actually think I, this is another one of those weird kind of moments where you notice something kind of similar between so see through dreams is a song about dreams and what i think is one of the coolest parts of this song i think is that the it's easy to connect like talking about demons to metal i mm. think because yeah. you know it's metal sounds evil and you're talking about evil but what i think is really cool in this song is that he says through dreams i obtain the ability to connect sight with sound and then he plays a solo that's like almost like and here's the example of that example, here's the yeah. dream i had uh which i think is really cool um and i do like that they kind of dissolve the track almost like a dream where it's like you, you, that kind of it simulates that waking up and trying to remember a dream and it being like fuzzy and staticky um and then without judgment has a dream interlude in it like a <laughs> <laughs> so it's weird that again the sixth track is just where he's like thinking about dreaming um uh i think what's really cool about without judgment is they tweak that riff so many times it's mm. like very environmentally friendly they really reuse in like it's like they've got you know it's like one of those life hack videos where they show you all kinds of different ways to use rubber bands around the house they like use the riff in so many different ways but every time they use it it's not like oh this riff again just changed you're like oh that was a cool thing to do with it um for me voice of the soul just sounds like uh uh it doesn't sound like a death song in any way like it's just some yeah. solo it doesn't sound like chuck over like some carlos santana guitar <laughs> and i'm like wait wait and it's so short i'm like this you 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 didn't justify this in this time like you spent eight and a half minutes on other songs where it's just nonsense and then here you just like do this and you don't really uh um so i don't know i alternate between see through dreams and without judgment but see through dreams is just such i think like sometimes like nailing a theme kind of really is impressive to me and something like being metal and nailing seeing through a dream is like really cool and uh so that's also i do it's like cool, cool. <laughs> okay fine that's an opinion <laughs> now we're no longer friends yeah. podcast over <laughs> oh we seem there seemed to have been a connection issue we lost blame so we'll truck uh, on okay, it's okay no 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 <laughs> okay 
Coming into the final three tracks, here is uh, track number seven. It's Cosmic Sea versus Crystal Mountain versus To Forgive is to Suffer. Peter. Come on, are you seriously going to take this? Yeah, why not? <laughs> Come on, Crystal Mountain, man. And like, for me, that's one of the things about uh, the track. If you When you compare it, but also on the album itself, it just kind of stands out in there and... Like you mentioned, I can't remember which uh, track earlier, but it's one of those tracks on Symbolic that, you know, harken back and you're like, hey, you know, these guys really kind of got it uh, in there. So, yeah, man. Uh, Crystal Mountain. Okay, Blaine? Yeah, I mean, this is... But here's what I'll say. When we're matching them up like this, here's what I'll say about Human. Human, very... Unlike... Unlike... Uh, 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 unlike Symbolic, which made the mistake of putting A Thousand Eyes, uh, one of the best songs, I guess the best song on the album, uh, <laughs> Human throws the fight. Human doesn't even bother wasting. It's an interlude to go against, yeah, what's probably the best song on Symbolic, Crystal Mountain. Just what yeah. a cool song. Uh Hypnotic solo, uh, uh, another really great uh, Gene performance on drums that shakes that roboticness that I was talking about that kind of crept in earlier. Um, uh, also, it's like this is how you can do different styles that I feel like doesn't work on uh, um, that works so well here. Um, mm. Is like the it almost has like a like a husker do sound to some of the guitars where it doesn't sound metal at all but it works so well with the song and just as as like a as to kind of punctuate what my complaint about voice of the soul then the acoustic guitar at the end here sounds yeah. so cool and really fits with the song and doesn't come out of nowhere you're like it does come out of nowhere but you're like that works perfectly i love that what a cool thing oh man they only do it for like a couple of seconds damn i want to hear more of that and uh, just what a great song. I mean, come on, what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you. Uh, so, le- which is why I'm going to first talk about the other two tracks. The forgive <laughs> is to, to Forgive Is To Suffer is the weakest song on the album for me. It takes that songwriting formula and absolutely runs it to the ground and not in a good manner. It's like, no, you, I must only write these songs with this formula and you must repeat all parts twice. Boom, there you go. Cosmic C, uh, Excellent production for that time uh, because of all the use of the samples, etc. But I can't believe it's that. It sounds way too cynic for me. Uh, I mean, if you take that, if you take that and you put it onto a cynic album, especially the latter, uh, the the later era of cynic albums, nobody would bat an eye. But uh, at least it has a bass solo, so that's that's good enough. <laughs> Crystal Mountain, again, one of the band's most well-known songs. I love the chorus. I love the drums. It's it's. It's it's really one of the songs in which the sum of all the individual parts are greater when they all combine together. Uh, strong as fuck rhythms. I love the tapping solos and that outro section, acoustic guitar for the wind, completely Crystal Mountain. One of the most fun songs of Death to play if you are a guitar player or a bass player or a drummer or even a singer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, completely. This one's a washout. The first one for Symbolic as such. And I completely expected that too. So, yay. Thank you, guys. Friendship reunited. (laughs) (laughs) Good. (laughs) Yay. Okay, on to the last two tracks. This is tracks number eight. Wicked Places versus Misanthrope versus A Moment of Clarity. Blaine, you want to start this one off? Um, Yeah, I mean, I think... 
I think this. Uh, all right, yeah. Let's 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 talk. Let's let's go in. Let's go in reverse order here. So, a moment okay. of clarity. Um, uh, uh, all of these songs are weird because they kind of like. Uh, or wait, vacant planets and moment of clarity kind of step outside of metal a little bit. Uh, like the kind of what you'd expect from them. Um, a moment of clarity, really. It's 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 an interesting song, but again, the vocals I find just stylistically are such a strange match because it's like almost like a power metal song again um and, but it's just such a smorgasbord of ideas thrown together and it never really settles on anything or lets you get into anything and then the drums it's like all the compliments i was giving to gene it's like he was like all right well i've done enough just gallop through the whole thing yeah. what the come on man um misanthrop is just a fun song like just uh like Fast riff, right? You know, right out the gate. Let's go. Um, and then it's weird because they are like that interesting kind of thing. By comparing them, you've got an ethereal interlude that's kind of vacant planety. Um, uh, it basically does three things, I think, and then it does them well. But vacant planets is like really, I think, the kind of painting the the structure for tech death that everybody would either some people do really well and then other people have just uh, you know you get a, a a cool weird song with sci-fi slash social commentary um there is that old school death metal vibe in the song but then that weird kind of starting to get kind of really creative and out there but i think it marries the two things so well that really it's what it's the ultimate ideal for what tech death is, but I find a lot of the times tech death nail, doesn't nail that old school death metal energy and aggression and authenticity to keep a viewer or a listener engaged. And so vacant planets is just, I mean, at the time it came out, that's a weird song, man. That's really yeah. cool. Made that weird of a song, but it's a song, you know, it's not an experiment. It's not a, it's a song. And I think that's why I picked vacant planets. Okay. Peter. So, Again, just like uh, Blaine said, when you listen to a moment of clarity, you're just like, they've taken just all these ideas, put them <laughs> together, and it's like, okay, we need to kind of, like at some point when I reached this track, I was like, okay, you could have just done like a 35 or 40 minute album, right? You yeah. didn't need to kind of like just add more tracks to it. And of course, I'm going to stop there all about that track because we still have one more track in there. But uh yeah, for, again, uh, Misanthrope uh, versus Vacant Planets. I mean, for me, the reason why Vacant uh, Planet takes it is the guitar riff that starts around the 140th, uh, one minute, uh, 40 second, and the solo right in. I mean, like, if, if they ended the album there, which they did, is what a way to end the album. Like, you listen to that and you're excited and... You know, when you listen to death from, I mean, uh, human from start to finish, you you want to go back and just like relive that entire experience. So back to back and uh, yeah. So vacant planets for me. Animesh? Uh, okay. Huh. Okay. <laughs> uh -oh. <laughs> uh -oh. I know where this is coming. No, wait, uh, uh, let me clarify. Uh, misanthrope heaviest intro of the album but then that heaviness suddenly just vanishes and for me it turns into one of the most boring songs on symbolic so that one's completely ruled out i actually really like vacant planets and i really like moment of clarity but for two completely different reasons uh, if i were to look at this objectively 
I think Waking Planets is the better song. Uh, and that's also because I love that midsection, which on its own, that entire instrumental part could have been, I think, better as a cynic song too. Uh, but that's obviously in hindsight. A moment of clarity, I it's got a lot of feel. And uh, the part of this, the, the, the section which follows the solo, that to me is the major highlight of the two. And that kind of got stuck in my head. And I love listening to it because it, it just, I don't know, it gives you so much of power and feel. It's an epic line, an epic melod- uh, melodic line. But yes, it doesn't quite fit death. I know that my moment of clarity was written as a controlled, uh, as a controlled denied song, and I think this is one of the tracks which is which would have been better as a controlled denied song. So, subjectively, though I really like a moment of clarity, I at this time I think I'll just go with Vacant Planets. Yeah, but that I, I keep I keep changing between the two depending <laughs> on mood. Yeah. So yeah, okay, chalo, Vacant Planets for me at the moment then. I'm very very sorry for everything I said. (laughs) (laughs) It's like it's like we went all the way. Now we have to come back together. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, now it's on record. No, no changing. (laughs) All right, which brings us to the final tracks, and this one's going to be a bit of a doozy because you have two covers against an original here. Uh, You have God of Thunder. Uh, from Human, you have Perennial Quest from Symbolic, and you have Painkiller from The Sound of Perseverance. Okay, let me start this one off. Yeah. Uh, God of Thunder, one of my favorite Kiss songs. I love the heavy spin that Death does, but I think any other death metal band would have been able to do a pretty much similar cover. So, yeah, although I like it, eh. Perennial Quest, it's the longest track of symbolic it serves uh, it feels like a rehash of all the previous songs i guess it's most it'll be most remembered for the outro because i don't know it kind of works as a precursor to what they finally want to attain with voice of the soul in a way it just gives you that kind of similar feel but uh, yeah i think it's just it could use a little bit of editing um Painkiller, however, I think it's one of the rare occasions in which a cover is almost on par with the original and maybe sometimes even better than it because I think Death absolutely nails it here. I love the clean vocals. It manages to give you more emotion uh, as such and manages to just take... um, Is it possible to be more metal already than Painkiller? And yes... I think this track is proof it is possible to be more metal. So for me, between the three, it's uh, definitely painkiller. Peter? I think Blaine should take it because I have a story to wrap All right. this one. Okay, cool. So Perennial Quest, uh, uh, a, a good track that doesn't benefit from its album positioning. Um, mm. It feels like a six-minute song that would have been great in the middle with a two-minute separate album closer kind of fade-out track. Um, And as a result, it kind of, like, I guess maybe it's a really good closing track if you have a different feeling for why you want to listen to an album. This is like, I've listened to a full album, time to put that album to bed. Um, Whether it's God of Thunder or Vacant Planets, 
that being the last song, you're like, play it again, Sam, you know, like, let's listen to this album again and again and again. Um, what it comes down to me between God of Thunder and Painkiller is um, uh, that I'm going to spin into just a wider point about metal um, is uh, what you kind of want out of a, a, a cover. Painkiller, mm. they absolutely nail. They sound as that's as that's as close to Judas Priest as anyone besides Judas Priest is going to sound uh, and not have it sound hack uh, and have it sound like, you know, really, really good. It's a great cover. They nailed Judas Priest. But I kind of want to hear what Death thinks of Painkiller. Um, and I think God of Thunder is kind of more what Death thinks of Painkiller. And as a result, you know, there's not a lot to do with that song because it's a Judas Priest or because it's a, 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 a Kiss song and there's not a lot there. Um, but they make it a, a, a suitably death metal version of God of Thunder. And there's something great about a cerebral, intelligent uh, guy with a lot of feelings, wears his heart on his sleeve like Chuck, being like, yeah, but I'm still going to cover a Kiss, like, cock rock song, you know? And I think it makes a fun point where it's like, even Chuck, even, you know, one of, like, this virtuoso kind of, mis like, contemplated genius, this, you know, uh, is still at some point goes like, guys, this is metal. At some point, it's stupid, and we need to have fun with it being stupid. Um, <laughs> which, as a guy who you know, likes to talk and likes to get introspective, but at the end of the day, loves being stupid more than anything else. Uh, God of Thunder, it's Kiss, it's a stupid song, and it's such a funny <laughs> thing for uh, this, you know, this masterwork of an album that close with God of Thunder, which is just a great song, but for the exact opposite reasons, just for like, it's a it's crush a beer, have a party. Okay, cool, cool, I'll buy that. Peter, yeah, what's your so, story? Um, so I'll start off at least with where you left off with God of Thunder. For me, it was like, what? Like, what are these guys doing? It's like, and at the end of the day, if you think about it, it's like, dude, you're Chuck. Like, you're the guy who's like, whose band is named Death. And you're like playing this. So it kind of like stuck out uh, weirdly. But, but for me, uh, what I really like and the story is... Uh, when I, similar to Animesh, I used to watch uh, me, the metal show on TV. And I think this was in uh, the UAE, where again, you had like an hour. And uh, I was flipping channels, I think. And then, you know, this video came on. There was a guy on a bike. It was like, you know, leather. There was like this whole thing. And it, I was immediately going like, I had not even listened to any of the music. I was like, completely captivated, like, what the hell is this song? What is going to come next? And then they start with the beat. And, you know, for me, that, uh, strangely enough, I'm one of those people who heard Painkiller first from Judas Priest. Yeah. And for me, that album, uh, that song is very dear for me because I'm like, wow, that it kind of gets you. And for me, I was like, wow. So... Fast forward to many years later, a friend of mine who kind of, I think, probably gave me that burn CD said, hey, by the way, you like Judas Priest, right? Listen to this. And he plays Painkiller by Death. And I'm going, dude, how? No, wait. So I'm like, 
who's covering this? How is it so heavy? How is it so yeah. fast? And at that point, you know, this is of course before I got into extreme metal. You think that, you know, painkillers like the heaviest metal yeah. track. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and at this point, I'm sure like Chuck and the rest of the guys are like, oh, you think that was heavy and that was fast? Like, wait, we'll turn this up far more. <laughs> so, I mean, I think at this point it should come to no surprise that yeah, painkiller is my pick, man. Because I'm like, how do you take a track which is so iconic and make it better and make something where I mean, of course, this is a great way for people to discover Judas Priest, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> think about it that way. Yeah, and just adding on to the cheesiness of of sorts of including God of Thunder. I mean, come on, that that used to do a Charlie's Angel. Uh, melody before uh, right. getting before opening the concerts or something of that sort as their opener. Uh, yeah, I wish they would have recorded that because that would have gotten all the points. <laughs> all the points. Yeah, I mean, uh, Painkiller is like the the better song, but like something about God of Thunder, it just puts more of a smile on my face at the end, and you're like, ah. Uh, uh, so like, uh, just, I, just. Uh, I Just wonder the, how much they had to pay Kiss to as royalties for cover or something. Or how much they had to pay Paul Stanley alone. Because I'm sure he's like, my money, my money. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, Gene Simmons is 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 famously very uh, very giving and, <laughs> and not financially inclined at all. <laughs> The oh, kiss yeah. coffin was just for the fans. It wasn't about the money. <laughs> oh, man. That's a separate podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So we're, we're through with the tracks. Let's just quickly talk about uh, album artwork production and just an overall album feel as such, starting off with the artwork. Um, Blaine, between the three, which one would you pick? Uh, this is the thing I'll, 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 I guess I'll maybe give it to, uh, to Sound of Perseverance because I'm not, I've never been big on the like human and symbolic, weird, abstract art covers. It just, it feels like, it feels like every day they like get more and more dated and it just looks like you can just look at that album cover and you go like, that is not a timeless piece of art. I know exactly when that was made. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I guess the sound of perseverance kind of just, it almost like has like, it looks like if you blurred your eyes and looked at Scream Bloody Gore. So there's almost like a cool kind of like completeness yeah. to it. It completes mm. a circle. Um, but I don't particularly think, with the exception of Scream Bloody Gore and Leprosy, I've always felt like Death's album art was like their weakest quality. Yeah. I agree with you on that one. The Sound of Perseverance looks the best on a t-shirt because it looks unified. It looks like a singular image. It doesn't yeah. look like a collage. Um, yeah. And yes, it may not be... Yeah, album artwork is definitely one of Death's weakest points. But uh, I... Yeah, that was the first Death t-shirt I bought. So clearly, uh, Sound of Perseverance wins in that on that front for me too. Peter? I, I'm I'm actually going with human, and you know, weirdly enough, uh, I don't know if you all remember there was this Body Works exhibition that used to go. Around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so it's like, <laughs> and, Ooh, that's that skeleton looks familiar. <laughs> it's, it's like literally like probably, but but the thing is right when you I mean of course this is like the 90s we're talking about. For me, when I 
pick up like a CD like Human, and I actually did pick up the reissue not too long ago. It's it's metal, man. I mean, like that for me is uh, you you want somebody to like pick that up and be like, okay, what the hell is going on on this? And then you hear uh, the music, and it's like, okay, this is not what I was expecting, <laughs> kind of thing, okay. <laughs> or so. But yeah, I I go with Human. <laughs> All right, cool. uh let's quickly talk production values as such uh between the three albums obviously you can either refer to the um reissues or the originals uh peter start one off which one is the best sounding for you um for me human that's what i'm going for and okay. uh, like again since i picked up the reissues there it's it it sounds like of course because now it's so many years later but it's the album that i kind of go back to and you know if if someone had to ask me that hey what's like what would you like in like a technical death metal album today hey here's a reference this is something that uh, maybe you all should look at so that's that's what i'm going for okay blaine yeah uh human i mean it's a little cheating because the original recording of human you there's like you can't hear the bass you're like you're trying to find it and then it got a beautiful remix uh just like at the the gold standard for how you remix an album um so it's a little bit cheating but the fact that i mean from those original tapes they were able to you know that's what it sounded like it the way it was recorded you know just it really sounds like a band playing their music um and it doesn't sound like you're here hearing someone go like all right uh, i think take 6 sounded the best so let's go with take 6 from there and take 3 on the drums it really just sounds like a band playing their music um i mean symbolics close i mean it also sounds really great and really organic um but human gets that amazing remix and then you and then you add so much to it by listening to like the isolated bass and drum tracks mm-hmm. and all that and it just you can just hear so much there and it just again you you listen to the isolated tracks and you're like damn look at how organic this sounds even when you strip away everything so human for me yep um i have nothing more to add it's human for me too it just sounds it sounds the best no matter if you're listening to it on speakers or if you're listening to it on headphones Okay uh so here's the last last task as such um let's quickly between the three albums if you were to listen to one death album at the moment which one would you listen to Peter I kind of answered it in the last question human man <laughs> that's that's so uh, undefinitely I would pick Okay Blade I mean yeah human just uh, there's there's a uh... there's there's times and places for like long albums and stuff but man when you pack so much into that the, the length they did and then you just it's the album you're going to listen to the most cuz you're like it has everything that i want but it's it's like shaved like almost 20 minutes off <laughs> like how the hell do you do that like it's it's short without being like short you know it's like it's got a lot of ideas it goes places it's got different songs it's but it's just just made to be listened to over and over again. Mm-hmm. If you were to ask a uh, 20-year-old Animesh uh, this question, <laughs> that 20-year-old Animesh would have said Sound of Perseverance hands down because that would have that was the first album as such of that that I really got into and of course that's the that's how I discovered that but uh, I'm calculating my age shit. <laughs> yeah, 12 years down the line. uh yeah i 
definitely think Human is the better album. Symbolic just doesn't cut it. It seems like, um, it seems as if the band suddenly didn't know what to do after to follow up uh, individual thought patterns, which is a, an excellent album by all records. But uh, between these three, Human definitely takes it for me. So with that, congratulations. We finished Versus. You guys want hey. to know the results? You guys want to know the points? Yeah, yeah, let's hear it. Coming in at number three is Symbolic with just six <laughs> points. Oh, wow. <laughs> and to no one's surprise, uh, The Sound of Perseverance is at number two with 10 points, which means Human, by a huge margin, at 19 points, is clearly, between these three, the definitive or the best death album. Now, here's the question then. Did you guys expect this to be the result? So I wasn't sure. So I purposely didn't watch Blaine's episode of uh, Human because I didn't want to kind of know what he was going for. So I purposely avoided that. Uh, I wasn't sure about you, Animesh. I thought maybe you lean more towards TSOP. Uh, yeah, yeah. I have, I, been, I have yeah. been extremely vocal about my uh, yeah. about how much I like that album. But uh, yeah, I have to rein those parts in. Well, I mean, I, it's, it, you know, you have like a, a, what I would say is a very legitimate reason. I mean, nostalgia and music are like yeah. so yeah. strongly tied, right? It, it like you can, there's, there's bands that I've felt the first album I listened to is not their best album, but you listen to it the most because it, it gives you that same feeling, you know, you have that connection of music and emotion and that time in your life and that sense of discovery. And, you know, you, you, that it gets dulled over time. Like, you know, when I, I still, I find new bands. I like literally uh, every month I it's almost every month I have a video where I show five bands that I probably didn't know before making that video that I love and get excited about. But yeah. it, the the ceiling for excitement every time goes down a little bit. <laughs> and, you know, by the time there's, there was that study where it was like, it, I mean, I don't think they included metalheads, but where it was like almost everyone, once they hit 30, they have found all of the music they will listen to for the rest <laughs> of their life. Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, I'm actively campaigning and resisting that. But you do feel like that the albums you found before you hit 30, for sure, like have a have a punch when they come on that it's hard to replicate. Awesome. Awesome. So on that note, uh, Blaine, it's been an absolute pleasure. We've kept you very long, I think. Yeah, this, hey, 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 this is, uh, I mean, come on, especially, especially right now where I cannot get together with my friends and do this. Thank God for this, right? <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to do this with, uh, with both Peter and with Blaine. And uh, Blaine, you want to let people know how to find you if they want to find you? <laughs> if they will, <whoa. laughs> that little, little jab after what I said about the sound of If they want to find you, <laughs> mm. okay, where no, do they uh, find you? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm metal comedy on most things, and then also I'm a host on Banger TV on YouTube. Where if you like people talking for a long time, very specifically about metal, hey, we've got an ocean of content for you to dive into. Yep, yep. I love uh, Metal Monthly, by the way. 
Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah it's especially like... the quarantine editions were fascinating. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thanks for showing us your house. Oh yeah, happy, <laughs> you know, I, I was like, I, I'd look at YouTube videos and I figure out what I like, and a bunch of people were like, you know, bon appetits, like all the chefs yeah. are cooking from home, and you're like, damn, let me see in that house. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and of course you can find us at hornsupport.com to talk about anything metal. It's just two fanboys wanting to talk metal with anybody who wants to talk metal. Till the next time, uh, I'm at Asmoani on Twitter. I'm Trent Crusher. And thank you all. This has been Horns Up. Horns Up, guys. <laughs> <laughs>